Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to have you on a lovely Saturday afternoon in the great state of Texas. Hope you're enjoying time with family. Maybe you're out and about. Maybe you're flipping back between some football games. I know there's a lot of that going on in Texas here in the fall. University of Texas is off this weekend, if you will. They play a Thursday night game after that thrilling game in University with University of Southern California out in California last week. Uh, I don't know if you stayed up late to watch that. I, as a University of Texas grad and alumni, did. Hey, we lost, but uh, fought hard. But a lot going on in the state of Texas, and you know Baylor football is covered on this station. And we've got a great guest on the show today. If you listen to the show weekly, or if you've heard us before, you know we cover the issues of faith family and freedom as it pertains to the state of Texas. And sometimes we talk about issues that Texas is impacting across the country and vice versa. And there's no greater person who knows what's going on in the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they pertain to Texas than Kelly Shackelford. Kelly Shackelford is going to be our guest on the show today. He is the president and CEO of First Liberty. He is a proud graduate of Baylor University, both undergrad and law school and was one of the the top law graduate of his class. I could say a whole lot about Kelly. He's got numerous awards. He's argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. He's an expert when it comes to constitutional law. He is a fine Christian, and he's a mentor of mine. If you know a little bit about our organization, I worked for under Kelly before when they were Liberty Institute as their legislative director and then Shackelford, Mr. Shackelford is on the board of Texas Values. So a lot of synergy there, but a lot of, to be grateful for. Kelly, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Oh, thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Well, as much as we'd like to go on about all the things that Kelly and I have worked on amongst the years and, and talk about the history, and speaking of history, Texas Values is celebrating our fifth anniversary this week, five years in existence, if you can believe it, it's exciting. But the topic of the show today and the reason we had Kelly on, because there's some really important issues going on as it pertains to religious liberty and the state of Texas and churches. Kelly, your group, and we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about what's going on with churches and Hurricane Harvey, and then we're going to talk about the book that you released, Undeniable, the report about the attacks on religious freedom and how they're growing. But let's start with Houston. This week, your team was on the ground in Houston. You held a press conference with concerns about the way FEMA is treating churches in the city of Houston as they're trying to get relief for Hurricane Harvey. Tell our listeners a little bit more about that. Yeah, and in fact, uh, thank you. Uh, Texas Values was on top of this, too. They immediately uh, got the word out uh, as soon as uh, you know the press conference and the letter. Uh, but let, let me give everybody the basics. Um, the law says that when a nonprofit is harmed in a hurricane or this disaster relief type situation, this is the federal law. It says that they get uh, you know uh, funds uh, to help them with their structural damage of their their nonprofit, um, and religious discrimination is not allowed. But despite that being what the law says, the guidelines that have been written, uh, and I think this goes back to the Clinton administration, but they were carried through the Obama administration, uh, those guidelines specifically say that if you are a nonprofit and you're religious, you don't get any funding. So it's just clear 
you know, overt discrimination against the very groups who are doing most of the work to help, you know, the people who are in need there, and it violates the law. And so we held a press conference with uh, a number of our clients, churches, and then there were other pastors there as well, to say, hey, look, this is crazy. I mean, these are the people who are actually doing the most work, and yet they're the ones you're discriminating against, and that's against the law. Now, the good news is President Trump has stated that he does he, he thinks that churches and religious groups should be treated the same as everybody else. They should get the same support. So this is something that his FEMA director can change with a stroke of a pen, and we ask him to do that. And, in fact, very quickly after we ask him to do that, we saw a letter uh, go out from our governor, Governor Abbott, and uh, our attorney general, um, uh, um, you know, Paxton, both to the president saying they, th- what we had said, which is, hey, this shouldn't happen. We, you know, we need to make sure that the churches and religious groups are not being discriminated against in disaster relief. Well, and I'm reading here from the letter. This was uh, put out on September 20th, I believe that was Wednesday, that you held the press conference, put the letter out. It's addressed to William B. Long. I assume he is the FEMA administrator or the director or someone in charge there uh, for FEMA and as a part of the Department of Homeland Security. And so, but there's something interesting on the letter, too. There is a deadline, if you will. There's a date on there that says that you ask for a response by this coming Monday, September 25th. And it says at the end of the letter that our request for an expeditious response is due to the impending deadline for Harris County to apply for public assistance, which is the following day, September 26th. So that seems to be significant. Absolutely. Uh, We, in the letter, I mean, you know, you, you don't, you don't have a lot of time to ask for your relief, and so under under the statute, and so the fact that churches and religious groups are being told, uh, you know, that they can't even ask for it, uh, and that there's a short time limit, we really needed uh, the president or the FEMA director here to act quickly to make clear to churches and religious organizations, hey, uh, you know, you can apply for relief, you will not be discriminated against. And uh, and that's what we're hoping to get movement on very quickly. And we've even asked them, you know, to delay the deadline because of this miscommunication uh, and that's in their guideline book that's wrong. That's, again, it continues from the Obama administration. It's just flat wrong, and, it, and it's and not only is it, is it against the law and what the law says, it's against the Constitution. Can you imagine that, the idea that two buildings next to each other and they're both nonprofits and one gets hit, uh, they both get hit, and then the government says we can help you, but oh no, you're religious. We're 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 not. You know, your structural damage uh, is just going to have to stay. Um, that's that's not America. Well, and and it's backwards uh, because the churches are the ones who really are doing most of the work, reaching out and helping people. We're talking with Kelly Shackelford, President and CEO of First Liberty, the largest legal organization in the country that focuses on restoring religious liberty in the United States and based in Texas, in Plano, just uh, north of Dallas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. couple of things, Kelly. You talked about it being unconstitutional. We've got some recent precedent 
on this type of issue, if you will. You've got the Trinity Lutheran case that was just decided before the U.S. Supreme Court last term that dealt with discrimination against a church when you have the ability or you have a, a grant process that, that's supposed to be open to everyone, and then all of a sudden a church is treated differently. And so that would appear to be on your side. Not only that, but then you, you would think public opinion would be on your side because, as we know, it's been reported— 80% of the work that's being done in Houston along the Gulf Coast for disaster relief and things of that nature is being conducted by nonprofit ministries. Majority of those are churches and religious ministries. So they're on the ground doing the work. And, and look, our team was there last week in the nitty gritty with Samaritan's Purse and with um, that was based at a church. They're doing some real work. They're not just, and not to diminish prayer, but they're not just showing up and praying with people. They are doing the heavy lifting that most people are probably not going to do. And so you've got churches that are doing the work to help other people recover, yet you've got the federal government refusing the ability of these churches to try to recover for their own property. And, and that, that's got to be something that I think is probably not going to sit well with a lot of people, particularly in the Houston area. Oh, absolutely, nor should it. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a no-brainer. And so, I, I, uh, you know, the good news is um, every, every, you know, signal we've gotten, uh, including the president's own statements, are that this is something that President Trump actually, you know, agrees uh, with us on, that the churches should not be discriminated against. And uh, so we're just hoping now to see action. And uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the time is running short, as we mentioned, right? Uh, I mean, the 25th is when the deadline we gave them, because the 26th is actually the cutoff, and we've asked them to actually extend the time. But I'll tell you, Jonathan, this is just the tip of the iceberg for the kind of stuff going on around the country. I mean, I know we're not going to have time in the time we have allotted, but the the attacks and the discrimination, you know, people just almost take for granted a lot of these government officials and others today. The religious discrimination that's going on is, well, it's it's record-setting. And uh, we have, you know, things that people can look at to show that. It's not an opinion. This is verifiable, and it's something that uh, really... Like these churches, people have to stand up, or we're going to find that our religious freedoms that we enjoyed aren't there for our kids or our grandkids. Speaking of kids, if you're watching online, you may notice through the um, Facebook Live that my daughter has joined the studio, and and I asked her to sit at a lower point, but she just couldn't help herself. So if you see her in the shot, a little munchkin in here watching her dad at work. But Kelly, two things, okay, before we close out. Number one, if you'll give the website, the URL of your organization, and then number two, you started to allude to this, uh, tell our listeners about the new book, Undeniable, that's come out. First the website, then the book, Undeniable. Yeah, the the website is first, you spell it out, firstliberty.org. The the greatest thing I can encourage people to do is hit the Get Updates uh, uh, button at the top. And that way, every week, you will be updated on the stuff that's happening. Like, I think the first thing you'll see when you go to the website right now is something that you won't even believe. It's a, it's a case out of uh, uh, California where an animal rights group has actually filed a lawsuit against the, the, the little Jewish synagogue that we represent. And they're claiming the right to uh, 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 be personal police to invade the facility 
and to stop them from committing one of their ceremonies that they've had for over a thousand years in the Jewish community, um, we had to go into court. And so you'll see that immediately pop up. Click that off. You know, you, this is sort of a pop-up deal, and you'll see updates at the top. And then if you want to look at Undeniable, it's just firstliberty.org forward slash undeniable. Um, that is a resource we do every year where we just catalog all the attacks on religious freedom. And in the last five years alone, they have increased by 133%. And we document each one. It's everything from a little girl being told she can't pray over a meal in the lunch cafeteria uh, to Coach Kennedy, who, who was fired from going to a knee to, to give a, a 15 to 20-second silent prayer after the football game. You, you can see this yourselves. You can show this to your friends. I encourage people, you know, you can print it out if you want. It's free. Um, show it to people in your life group or at your church or whatever, because I think most people don't know this is happening. And good news is we're winning these cases. Uh, we win over 90% of our cases. But the problem is the attacks are increasing, and if people don't stand up, we will lose all this. It, we are in a real key time right now, and I think this book is a great way for people to see what's going on and then realize, I've got to be a part of the solution. Well, and this is an updated edition. I mean, you put things, I think, something yes. out like this before, which is very important. I'm sure it takes a lot of time to do that. You know, I've uh, small in a small way engaged in some of those efforts when I was a part of the organization there. And it does take a lot of time, and it takes a lot of fact-checking. And then, and it just, you know, even as a lawyer myself, it shocks you. You're like, Wow, you come across other incidents, you're like, cannot believe these type of things are happening. But you're right. The great thing is when people find out and they get help, they call First Liberty, they get legal assistance. Most of the time, a majority of the time, you put the statistic 90%, these cases are resolved in a favorable way that protects religiously religious liberty. Excuse me. So go to firstliberty.org is the website where you can find out more about these issues, about recent cases, and then you can get empowered. I mean, sometimes you may use some of these documents and issues get resolved without lawyers getting involved if it doesn't come to that point. But tremendous resources there on FirstLiberty.org. Well, Kelly, thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. You know, we are excited about the work in, that you're doing at First Liberty. We are thankful that we get to team up with you from time to time and let people know about the work that you're doing. But we also want you to know as a board member of Texas Values, we pray for you every week. We know your leadership, your family, your place in the community. Uh, and I don't just say that because they broadcast Baylor football on the station, but you know, <laughs> um, as a Baylor alumni. But all those things that you're a part of, we're thankful for um, that you continue to do it the right way. And we want you to know that we're behind you 100%. Well, thanks. And if anything needs prayer right now, it's Baylor football. I'll tell you what, uh, it's been a tough year, uh, but it's good to have a good uh, guy as the coach who uh, loves the Lord and, uh, and and is trying to do things right. And that always works out in the end. But, I, hey, I want to say how proud I am of you and uh, Texas Values. I mean, there's just no group like it in the state of Texas. I mean, it's the powerhouse that really stands for the values that really Texas believe in. And without it, it would be silent in the legislature. I can't imagine the things that would happen. So thank you not only for doing the radio show, but for what you're doing every day. There's so many people that go to work. They're trying to watch their kids. They're, they're busy. 
And the fact that you're doing this work representing their values, I know so, so, so many millions of people in Texas are grateful. Well, we appreciate that, Kelly. And I know I don't, we don't always get to see you as much, but on December 7th, we're looking forward to seeing you at our annual gala celebrating five years, fifth anniversary of Texas Values. That's Kelly Shackelford, President and CEO of First Liberty Institute. God bless you, Kelly. Thank you. Well, that's good stuff. It's great to look. Kelly's schedule is busy. I had to, um, you know, I talked with him earlier and wanted to make sure his schedule working. He was telling me he was just flying in and, you know, really a great treat to have him on every now and then to check in because he is right at the front lines of, of all these issues and doing great work. And so it's good to have him. You know, I mentioned five years, fifth year anniversary. We have our annual gala coming up and it's on December 7th in Houston. You know, y'all hear me talk about it a lot. I grew up there. We have kind of going through this pattern of probably where we alternate. One year we'll do our annual gala in Dallas, the other year in Houston. And a lot of that is because such a strong concentration of our supporters are in those areas. They are two of the largest cities in the state. That doesn't mean that we don't do events from time to time here in the Austin area. We do. But that's just been the trend. You may be in the listening audience closer to Houston than you are in Austin. You may be listening online. And we'd love to have you Come to our gala December 7th. Go to txvalues.org. You can see how to reserve a table, how to get a ticket, and how to be involved in what we're doing. And, you know, Kelly was mentioning about what happened in Houston this week. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about what the governor did. So you heard Kelly and his group getting involved, speaking on behalf of churches on this issue. But not only did First Liberty say something, as you heard him mention right after that, the governor and our Attorney General Greg Abbott got involved in this issue. And I want to read a little bit from their letter on this, a really interesting portion that I thought spoke well on this. And what it says here is, the policy of denying relief funds for churches discriminates on the grounds of religion and is nothing more than the relic of an administration that preferred rewriting laws to faithfully executing him. Now, the letter does mention when this came about uh, before, and I think that was Governor Abbott's comment was about the fact that this was during President Obama's administration that some of these things seemed to come into a little bit more focus and people were aware that there was a concern about this issue. And so, you know, we're hoping this changes and, and not to be political about it, but I mean, it does matter who's in the White House. I mean, there's a reason why Obama was elected and then Trump was elected. I mean, people have different opinions about their political views and the people that are elected, they run for political parties and tend to have different views on certain issues, even on religious freedom. There's a reason why nuns had to go all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court to defend their religious liberty rights in a case called Little Sisters of the Poor, when essentially the federal government doubled down on enforcing Obamacare, even against churches and forcing them to do things that would have violated their conscience, their religious conscience. These are private entities, the government trying to tell them what to do. And so I think people are expecting President Trump to handle these things differently when it relates to religious liberty. And he already has in a lot of ways. And I mean, obviously, he put out something on Twitter saying that he supported the rights of churches to get relief. And and essentially, he felt like FEMA should back off. If you listen to the show last week, we had a lawyer on that has filed a lawsuit on this issue on behalf of churches in the uh, in, in Texas. And 
he said that the federal government's appearance in court, they seem to be dismissive of what the president said about these issues. So I don't think it's very wise to ignore what the president says when you're a federal agency and you're under the president. But we'll see how that goes. But as far as our government relates here in Texas, you've got the, the governor and you've got the attorney general lockstep on a letter telling FEMA to back off of churches on this issue. But it is really interesting to hear that deadline that Kelly Shackelford mentioned in the letter from First Liberty. And they've put a deadline of Monday, February, excuse me, uh, September 25th, because there's a apparently an internal deadline for Harris County on the following day, September 26th, for entities to request that type of relief. So you've got a timely issue. So we'll see how this plays out at the federal level. And I mean, look, Trump came down to Rockport. So did Vice President Pence. Abbott's been very involved. I know there was an appearance at Rockport on Thursday with Governor Abbott and George Strait that was getting a lot of attention. And so I think I would imagine this gets sorted out, but there's not a lot of time. you know. And so I was on uh, radio in, for Houston yesterday on Friday. You know, This might be something you want to contact your elected official at the federal level and tell him or her, hey, are you letting the president know that you stand with these churches on this issue? And so that's something for you to consider. You can go to our website, txvalues.org, and see more about this issue. We've got a link to the governor's letter. We've got a link to First Liberty's letter. So you can be up to date on what's happening. We've got a link from last week on the, the lawsuit that was filed on this issue. A lot of activity. And, you know, it's interesting because, as I mentioned, we were there last week helping with the recovery relief efforts. And we weren't just waving to people and wishing them well. We got dirty. I mean, we got our hands in the middle of everything in the nitty-gritty, as I was saying, because that's the type of work that's needed. I mean, there's some very difficult work that's being done that a lot of people probably would not do. Churches are doing that work. They are on the ground doing that work. And one of the churches we mentioned last week is needing assistance to recover their own churches, right? They've got property damage that's significant, Yet the property that they do have available that's functioning, they're allowing FEMA to use. So FEMA is on their property using their church. The government is using the resources of the church to help other people. Yet FEMA is denying the ability of the churches to be treated fairly to get relief and funds to help recover on other parts of their property. Let that sink in a little bit. You know, and, and and let's be honest. I mean, the majority of the work is being done by these churches, and rightly so. And look, we're not suggesting that all these churches should be required to request assistance. That's up to you. That's up to these churches and nonprofits to decide whether or not they're going to request this type of relief from the federal government. You don't have to if you don't want to. You may feel like, look, we don't want, you know, we're not going to take anything. We're not going to ask the the federal government for relief, but you can understand why some would. And if they do, they certainly should should not be discriminated against and be treated differently. We're having this discussion in our office, right? So if a church catches on fire, they're not required to call the fire department and ask for help. They want to put the fire out themselves. Amen. So be it. But if they do ask the fire department to come the fire department said, oh, shouldn't say, nope, we're not going to go 
we're not going to go try to put that fire out. We're going to let your property burn down because you're religious. In a lot of ways, that's what's happening with this FEMA issue um, in Houston. So we'll see how it all gets sorted out. And it appears to have exposed a policy issue of concern that's come up before. So maybe it'll get addressed once and for all. And I would imagine a lot of these churches, it's taken them by surprise. Like they're probably not aware that the federal government was handling issues this way. And so they've got enough on their plate as it is without having to deal with this and and bureaucracy and and stop signs, if you will, and and unfair treatment when it comes to these type of issues. So we'll all see how it gets sorted out. Um, Just Moments ago, Nicole Hudgens finished up her panel on the Texas Tribune for a a panel called The Politics of Bathrooms, okay? We're going to probably have her report on that next week, but the Texas Tribune has this big festival every year. It's on the University of Texas campus, which I love being on, and so we were there earlier, and um, and Nicole was just finishing up. We're going to talk about that next week, but... The Texas Tribune, big festival, and, you know, they have a lot of speakers. A lot of times their coverage, I feel like, is geared more towards, um, you know, people on the left. And, you know, they disagree with me on that, on my impression of that. But nonetheless, they're covering this issue and the um, talking about what happened during the legislature on the bathroom privacy issue, how it may impact elections. Very important information. If you're not familiar with our work or if you want to get updated, go to txvalues.org. We are a nonprofit 501c3 organization. We educate you on these issues. We get involved in some of these things directly, and we offer services free of charge. txvalues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation today to help protect the values of faith, family, and freedom in Texas. We'll see you next week.